0: Welcome to Urban Principal leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are on episode 135, season three, and I'm calling this Enthusiasm and Needs, because everybody's getting ready to start school again, and leadership is getting excited. Principals are getting excited, uh, teachers are getting excited, the staffs. Uh, the staff are returning to buildings and getting ready to open again and I wanted to share a few different things tonight. uh remember back to the Wallace Foundation and they talked about um, how principles affect students in schools and that was a systematic or a systemic uh, yeah systematic th- synthesis of two decades of research and uh, remember they talked about leadership behaviors and skills. And a lot of the things they talked about were engaging instructionally focused interactions with teachers, building that productive climate, uh, which also encompasses uh, generating that enthusiasm, uh, facilitating collaboration in professional learning communities, which again, uh, fostering that enthusiasm within the staff and managing personnel and resources strategically, and then managing skills and giving uh, teachers and staff the resources they need and to support instruction and human human development and relationships, all the different skills needed. And I wanted to share uh, something powerful from Norman Vincent Peale. You know, he's one of the power of positive thinking gurus, of course, uh, years back. And his his materials are still pertinent today, and they're um, often insightful. And I wanted to share uh, some reading from his uh, book on... Uh, The Power of Positive Living. I know I've done that before. Um, This one's from the chapter on Get the Fire of Enthusiasm Burning. Uh, Life is not all fun and easygoing. Far from it. There are many rough times, but sadly we too often let the hard times dull our enthusiasm, and that is dangerous if not fatal to our lives. Enthusiasm is one vital element that the successful believer possesses in abundance. He or she uses it in meeting responsibilities, in succeeding on the job, and in involving in solving daily problems. We have been naturally endowed with enthusiasm. It is as native to us as laughing or smiling. The word enthusiasm derives from two Greek words, en and theos, which mean in God or God within. Enthusiasm, in theo, God within. When one gets enthusiastic, the entire personality lights up. The mind becomes sharper, more intuitive. The entire life force and creative ability are enhanced. Such a person is motivated, makes an impact. As the philosopher A.B. Zhu uh, Tavern has written, before water will generate steam, it has to boil. An engine won't move an inch until the steam gauge registers 212 degrees. The person without enthusiasm is trying to move the machinery of life with lukewarm water. Uh, Only one thing can happen. He will stall. Remember, enthusiasm is electricity in the battery. It's the vigor in the air. It's the warmth in the fire. It's the breath in all things alive. The successful man has enthusiasm. Good work is never done in cold, uh, cold blood. Heat is needed to forge anything. Every great achievement is the story of a flaming heart. When I think back on all new developments of past years, an enthusiastic man or woman was responsible in every case. And this is a good little story he shares, and I think I'll I'll share that because it's only a couple pages, and I think it'll hit uh, the mark with you as well. Uh, for example, take Bill Bowerman, who was the world-famous track coach at the University of Oregon from 1948 to 1973. His teams won two NCAA titles, were runners-up twice, went undefeated 10 seasons in dual meets, and for 16 of those years were in the top 10 of the nation. In 1971, he was named Coach of the Year by the U.S. Track Coaches Association. And if you knew him, you saw that he was a man of enthusiasm. But there was a time in his life when he could have easily let that enthusiasm drain out of him, like steam from a leaking boiler. Back in the mid-50s, he became concerned over over the track shoes his team members had to wear. Back then, track people didn't have much of a choice in footwear. And because of it, many suffered shin splints, foot sores, leg cramps, aching knees, and backs. In studying how people run, Bill could see that a new type of athletic shoe was needed. Something with a heel wedge for better support, a lighter sole with more stability and traction. In the evenings, while his wife was washing supper dishes and his three boys did their homework, he sat at the the kitchen table designing a shoe he felt was right. When he was satisfied, he sent his design to leading sports good companies. All turned him down. Uh, nobody likes to rock the status quo, do they? And we've talked about that on this show. Uh, they don't like to change. So they all turned him down. Some felt the nude design too risky. Others claimed they were already making a fine product. One snappily told him since they weren't telling him how to coach, he shouldn't be telling them how to make track shoes. Ooh. That last turndown left him discouraged, and his enthusiasm for developing a new track shoe flew out the window. However, some days later, while giving new team members a pep talk, he heard himself say, So I want you to do your very best, not just for the prize, but also for what the very trying will do for you. Victory is doing the best you can. When he finished, he realized he was also giving himself a pep talk on enthusiasm. Somehow, in some way, he says, I decided to get those shoes made, even if I had to make them myself. And that's just what he did. With advice from his local shoe repairman, he made patterns from brown paper grocery bags. Then he cut out white kid leather for the uppers, reinforced them with nylon, set removable spikes in the soles, and glued everything together with a strong adhesive. When the shoes were completed, he handed a pair to one of his track stars who put them on, ran around the track and didn't want to take them off because he was afraid he would not get them back again. Bill Bowerman enthusiastically continued to develop new designs, even using his wife's waffle iron once to come up with a waffle sole for a jogging shoe. In the early 60s, Bill Bowerman, with a former student and track star Philip Knight, started his own company. And that was the beginning of the famous Nike track shoe. So we know where the story goes from there. He created Nike Shoes at a time when nobody uh, said that he need, they needed a shoe, at a time that nobody said it could be done better. So as you're returning back to your schools and your leadership roles, remember there are always ways to improve. There are, all, are always ways to make things better. Um, be that infectious leader with your staff. I also want to share something from John Maxwell, the Daily Reader. And this one's on teach people to be self enlargers it had been said that the goal of all teachers should be to equip students to get along without them the same can be said of leaders who seek to enlarge others as you work with others and help them to enlarge themselves give them what they need so that they learn to take care of themselves teach them to find resources encourage them to get out of their comfort zone on their own and point them toward additional people who can help them learn and grow. If you can help them to become lifelong learners, you will have given them an incredible gift. We've heard it said, no one becomes rich unless he enriches another. When you enrich others by helping them grow and enlarge themselves, you not only bring joy to them and yourself, but you also increase your influence and their ability to touch others' lives. And that's what we ultimately want, is better teachers and better staff members and that was taken from becoming a person of influence and coach your people to create personal growth plans for themselves for the coming year. So help your staff to be self enlargers. And as I said, continue to evoke that, invoke that enthusiasm within your staff, promote that vision, build that positive culture and be that driving force for a better year to help your staff and your students. Uh, and as we wrap up tonight, I'd like to end with a quote. And let me see where I have my quote here. I always lose these things at times because I mark so many different things and I have so many different readings and things I'm sharing from. Um, ah, Here it is. Our quote for this evening, Knowing is not enough, we must apply. Wishing is not enough, we must do. And that was Johann Wolfgang uh, von Go- Van Goethe. So, like always, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, let's remember to stay positive. You've been listening to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com.